please rise for the reading of the gospel? The Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came in. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when, you when others reveal you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of the Lord. <coughs> you may be seated. Thank you. As I began writing my sermon this week, this hymn was stuck in my head. And I, I'm not sure if you've heard of it before. It's, kind of, it's more of a modern hymn. But I couldn't continue writing the, my sermon. Like I literally started, got down, all kind of my thoughts in my head, and then this song just popped in my head. And I'm trying to figure out what this song is. And you know, it's, you, you, know, you know what I mean. You've all been there. The song's stuck in your head. You're trying to figure it out. Well, I finally found it. And, and it was exactly what I needed to hear as I'm looking at what we're writing and talking about today. The hymn is called, How Deep Is the Father's Love for Us? It was originally written in 1995, and it was authored by Stuart Town Inn. So it's very modern, 1995. I mean, that's, you know, a little more than 10, what, 10, 12 years ago. Wait, is that right? No. 20 to, oh, it's a little more older than I thought it was. Okay, I didn't, I didn't do the math until right now, so okay. It's, it's still considered our hymn book. It's very modern, if you consider it. But the first chorus goes like this. I'm going to read it here. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. Our epistle reading today is from the, first, the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 3. It starts off saying this, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. For this reason, why the world does not know us, is that it did not know him. What love does the Father in heaven have for us? Is the thought and the question and the process that's going through in this epistle. It is a very curious love indeed, if you think about it. How the God of all creation, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and end, the God of gods, the Lord of lords, how he indeed loves us so much that he is willing to call us children 
of God. He's willing to call us His child. A given right, a special privilege that as a child only you get from your parents and no other. It's unique and special. And all of us who are parents know that. And those who are grandparents and great-grandparents, they realize and they know that how they love their children are slightly different than how they love their grandchildren. There's a different connection. Our special unique as parents to our, our children is very unique and very special. And indeed, the creator of all things loves us that same way. Of all people, us, sinners, those that are considered least of all these, we have no special privilege outside of that, but it's such a great privilege. Please understand that this is truly a privilege. It is unique to our belief system. If you travel around the world and you visit other cultures and other religions, I can tell you that their concept of faith between their God and their relationship is totally different than ours in all of its practices and faith. For example, if you go into the jungles in the middle of any, any remote area in any foreign country, they will indeed probably worship spirits, the spirits around them. And their worship involves a different servanthood, a different requirement, one that requires them to do things to make that God happy and pleased. And if that God is ha not happy and pleased, then nothing they get from it at all. I've heard of many stories in my life overseas as how people worship spirits and how their worship was more of a slave. They were a slave to that spirit. If that spirit was not happy, they were never happy. They were not children. They were in bondage. And when you would share the love of God, when you would share with them the testament, how our God, we are children of that God, he loves us so much that he calls us his children, they cannot believe at first. Because how can a God love you like a child? They cannot. That's impossible. We have to worship them. We have to do everything they say. Otherwise, they're not happy. How could that be? How could a God love us first? without any worship of him first. How indeed. But that is the truth. That is the truth in our faith. We are God's children, as we read in verses 2 of chapter 1, of John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but because we shall be as he is. We are God's children as we are baptized in the Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we gain a great and most holy benefit of being called children of God. As we continue in this epistle, it says that we will be as yet not appeared. What is that referring to and what does that mean exactly? It's kind of that mystery aspect of our faith. But we have a glimpse of that in our first reading today from Revelations. One day, as we all stand before God, we stand before Jesus Christ on the throne. We are, will be all clothed in right, white, clothed in righteousness of love and forgiveness, washed with the blood of lamb, with the multitude of those saints have gone before us, and those 
who will come even after us. You know, I, as, as a Lutheran pastor, as I started learning Lutheran faith, faith as you know, I grew up in different, cult, uh, different church dynamics. It came the question of why does the pastor even wear the white robe? Isn't that Catholic? Isn't that Catholic? Catholics do that. You're like Catholics. You know, I, when you start to learn in the study, the reason, the symbolism, the symbol of the reason why I wear the white robe is to represent that one day before God, of all the saints, we will also wear a white robe just like this. As we stand before God and all of us. The pastor wearing the white robe is a symbol of how God will work in us and make us all righteous and all pure and all holy. Such a simple symbol, but such a great reminder of our faith in God. It's such great and joy and excitement that one day we will be reunited with our brothers and sisters in Christ, those who were persecuted before us, those who were martyred before us, and those family that went before us with those we loved and those we lost. But we read that the world now does not really know us because they do not know him. We have to understand that although the gospel is for all people, for all who believe, there are those who will not know the Lord our God, our Savior, as we do. They will not. That's why we have to tell them. Just a reminder. We have to tell them, okay? They might not know, so you have to tell them. You don't know if they know, so tell them anyway. Then you know. Then tell them again. But I can tell you that, as in the last two weeks, I've done two funerals. And how we do them here is very different than that of one who does not know Christ. <coughs> when you attend a funeral even in a foreign country, even here in America, and they are not Christians. They do not believe in God. They have no sense of faith. The attitude of the family is totally different. Totally different. Because we know as believers, that person is with our Lord, our God. They have gone home, and we look forward to that moment where we go home to the Father too. But for them, they have no idea where that person is. They have no idea what is next. Lots of questions come up. Are they reincarnated? Do they become a fly and flying around and then you smack that fly? Oh my God, he killed Uncle John. Do they become a rock as they believe in Hinduism? They weren't a good person, so now they're a rock. I guess we're stopping on a lot of family members if you think about it. But they're lost. They're wondering. They have lots of questions. And then when they attend our funerals and they hear the pastor, we're here to celebrate that that person has gone to heaven. They're like, what? You're celebrating? Why are you celebrating? Why are you so joyful? They're crying, but why are they happy? I don't understand. Because they don't have the confidence that we do. Because they do not know the Lord our God as we know him. 
And I can tell you that as a minister, it is hard to see that. It is hard to see those family members suffering such great loss of confusion because they just cannot accept a simple thing, that Jesus Christ is a gift for them and for all who believe. Why would they reject a free gift from God? Why would they reject a possibility of being called a child of God? With no hope, with no comfort. Which brings us to the third verse in our epistle, which says, And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Our hope in God, our hope in being called a child of God, is that one of comfort and peace. Because we read earlier in the gospel reading is that the kingdom of heaven is for all of us. Our gospel reading focuses on the fact that being called a child of God is that for one who knows they need God more than all things. That they might be pure in spirit. They might be lost, looking for hope in the future. But that is exactly who Christ is there for knowing that you are sinners and you recognize that you need God more than all things. What a gift. The Beatitudes from our gospel reading is that so famously known and called, but really it highlights the heart of the believer. Even as we walk with God, the Spirit is working with us, working as our hearts to be molded more and more like Christ. Verse 12 of Matthew of chapter 5 says this, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they will persecute you. The prophets even were persecuted before you. Our reward is great, but while we're here on earth, there are those among us that don't understand why we worship Christ. And they will persecute us for it. They will call us horrible names. They will say that we don't care about other people. They'll say terrible things. Just read Facebook. It's there. Seriously. I mean, you're just like, wow. We're not that bad. Seriously. But that's okay. We know that's going to happen. But do not lose hope. Do not lose faith. Because we are children of God. We are the children of the God of gods, the Alpha, the Omega, the Lord of lords, the beginning of end. We are the children of the creator of the Most High. What an excitement and a joy. Because God loves us so much. He loved us so much that even before we worshipped him, even before we knew what we believed, he loved us first. And he sent his son to die for us. He sent his son to the cross to make the most ultimate sacrifice for us, one that he as God did not need to make, but did anyway. As the hymn I read earlier, how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. We were that wretch but now we are that treasure, for yet we are his children. Let us pray.
Gracious God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that beyond all things, we are your children. Strengthen us in our faith. Strengthen us as we walk with you, as we talk with you. As we are lost, as we lose hope, be with us. For the kingdom of heaven is for all of us. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Please rise as we sing for all the saints, hymn 174. And we're seeing verses 1, 2, 3, 7, and 8. Okay, 1, 2, 3, 7, and 8.